Thank you, worship team. Uh, turn in your Bibles to Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter 24. 24. Uh, somebody asked me before the first service, uh, so how was your week? What went on this week? And I, I thought to myself, I couldn't think of anything I'd accomplished. And uh, I kind of went, well, uh, you know, I, I can't remember what all went on this week. One of the things that I did, one of the things that I did, I got to serve my country this week. Uh, I didn't enlist or anything like that. I got a jury summons, and so I got to uh, go down to Bakersfield and sit around for a couple of days. And so maybe I'll even sit around a little bit more this week. Who knows? Uh, tomorrow I get to uh, head down to Bakersfield as well. It's interesting. How many of you have been on jury duty? Uh, went down there. Uh, it's a interesting. It, it lets you know where you live, right? Because all these people are somewhat picked at randomly off the DMV records and uh, the voting rolls, and you get to uh, be there with all, all your peers, all, all the people. And so, it, a lot of people watching going on this week uh, by me, and even uh, as I've dipped my head in the courtroom a little bit, uh, hearing a little bit of people's stories. And uh, so, I came to some conclusions this week. Uh, we live in a broken world, uh, and there are many things that are wrong with it, many things that uh, don't line up and don't look good for it, this world's future. Uh, it's interesting because a lot of times when I, I get a picture of that, like I get a picture of the world that I live in, maybe I watch the news or maybe I hear a story, I think, what a broken world, uh, and yet um, if if I'm honest with you, I, I'm a broken person in a broken world. That it's interesting to me that uh, we can look upon our own lives and say, well, what's touched your family? What's part of your history? Uh, you know, has, have, have you struggled in your home? Uh, has it been touched by divorce? Has it been touched by uh, alcohol or drugs? Has it been touched by uh, some kind of health uh, problem and and I could ask a few of these questions and if I asked the right ones everyone's hand would be raised and it shows that brokenness is not just in the world but it's in our midst it's in our own hearts and uh, families and so uh, this is where we live and in the midst of that uh, we're going to be talking about uh, end time events this morning and it's not hard for us to see that this broken world is heading toward conclusion, uh, that it can't last forever. And yet some of us, uh, we look at what's going on and we uh, do one of two things. We either go, oh, it'll be fine in time. It'll be fine in time. Like, uh, you know, there's cycles of bad times and eventually it will get better. Eventually it will get better. I don't think that's true, especially as I look at the scripture. The second thing, uh, we may look at the world and we go, oh no, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. And it hinges upon uh, this, uh, you know, our government, politics, drugs, uh, wars. These are the things, oh no, these things are going to happen. And so this is what our world's going to, it's going to come to catastrophe. Uh, I want to tell you that God is going to work out his history. And we're going to take a look at some of that this morning. 
Uh, and hopefully this would be an encouragement to you to get, gain perspective on what uh, God is doing. In that, I want to ask you, what are you worrying about? What are the things that worry you right now? I don't want to show of hands and you confess what you're worried about right now. Um, some of you worry about big things that you can't do anything about. Others of you worry about small things that seem like big things to you uh, that you can't do anything about. Um, others of us would rather worry than work on the problems. Uh, others still, um, hypothetical things get rolling in our minds that, that we worry about. It's interesting, obviously, uh, maybe not obviously, but uh, as you look at the scripture, anxiousness is a sin. It's not something that the Lord wants us to be a part of. It's not part of having faith in Him. But what we worry about usually tells us where our heart is at. Uh, some of us uh, think, uh, worry about politics, we're passionate about it. Uh, there are other things that others of us that worry about um, our work and deadlines and school and, and things that we feel like we have to accomplish. And if we don't, uh, it's all going to come crashing down on us. Uh, others of us, uh, we get scared, fearful of the future. I don't want to show hands on that either because there's much to be, like, like maybe some of you get afraid of Halloween. You know, you, the scary things, the, you know, some of you get, uh, some people in our world get into it. I, I was at Home Depot like three weeks ago and every day since then too. But like three weeks ago, I was, I, I was there and there was a lady ahead of me, a couple of people ahead of me in, the, in line. And, you know, this is three weeks ago. I, it's important to get that three-week period. Three weeks ago, and she says, I, she's buying paint. And I'm like, yeah, people buy paint all the time. I buy paint all the time. And so uh, paint, and, uh, and the lady says, well, what color is this? And she says, it's black. It's black. And I'm thinking, why do you need a gallon of black paint? And she says, well, I'm doing this huge uh, thing for Halloween, and I'm, I'm so excited about it. Halloween's my favorite time of the year, and I'm thinking in my heart, I'm going, that's a crazy lady right there. Uh, I didn't sell her that or anything like that, but I was going, what is she doing? This is three weeks, four weeks ahead of time. Uh, she's, she's working on craft projects, sets uh, for her house regarding Halloween. Anyways, um, we all have different things that bounce around in our minds and cause us either to be fearful or worry. And this morning, uh, I want to give you something uh, that should be a part of our attention as we look to the future. It should be something that we think about, not worry about, but think about. Something that we uh, move our schedule and our passions towards as we think about the future. We're in chapter 24 today uh, in the book of Matthew. And I'd like to read to you, uh, starting at verse 21. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, we'll read together. God's word says this, uh, For then there will be great tribulation, such as not been from the beginning of the world until now, no, and never will be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or, or there he is, 
Do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I, I've told you beforehand. So if I, I say to you, look, he is in the wilderness. Or, do not go out. If they say, look, he is in the inner room, do not believe. For as lightning comes from the east at and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever the corpse is, there's vultures will gather. Immediately after the tribulation, those days the sun will be darkened, and the moon will uh, not give its light, and the stars will fall from the heaven, and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then will appear in, in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. And then all the tribes of heaven will mourn. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And He will send out His angels with a loud trumpet call. And they will gather His elect from the four winds from the end of the heavens to the other. We'll look at the next section as well. For the, for the fig tree learns its lesson from the fig tree learn its lesson as soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves you know that summer is near so also when you see all these things you know that he is near at the very gates truly i say to you this generation will not pass away until all these things take place heaven and earth will pass away but my words will not pass away God, we ask your blessing on your word. Help us to love it. Help us to be instructed and encouraged by it today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, uh, this morning we're broken people living in a broken world, and yet we're looking at a passage that's not today, uh, it's something in the future. And I, I want to take our, our life and think about and place our brains and our thoughts in that time that is to come. We start uh, in verse 21, and, and Jesus sh shares with us of a unique, great tribulation. I say unique because uh, much of what is spoken of, Jesus is saying, uh, he's giving us a picture of some things that we could relate to maybe. Uh, if I told you uh, about maybe a car, even if you didn't know much about the car, maybe you'd never uh, driven or seen or been up close to a Ferrari, uh, but I told you one was coming, uh, if you'd see the Ferrari, maybe you'd get excited and go, oh, that's the one that he told me was coming, or maybe it's not. Uh, this morning, one of the things that Jesus is highlighting is that his coming, his visitation, this different than when he came as a baby this different visitation um, it will be unmistakable and unique it won't be like anything else we've seen before uh, he speaks of it as a great tribulation uh, a great time and he's referring to this time and he he says just so we would know uh, 
such has not been seen from the beginning. If I, if I were to ask you about uh, some of your students of history or maybe even watching the news these days, I'd say, what are horrific vent, events or wars that have happened? And you could say, well, um, you know, the Holocaust. That was an event where, boy, that was a, a big deal. There are some things that have gone on in Africa of upheaval and wars that many have been murdered or, or World War II or, or going to other great world events and you say this is, was an amazing event and Jesus is telling us of this great tribulation that it will surpass all those other events that you might know about that it's going to be worse it's going to be more violent more catastrophic than anything that we can think of in the past that's sobering, isn't it? It's, uh, it? It should cause us to go, whoa, this is going to be different. I think sometimes as you get older, uh, you might look at the young and they say, this is amazing. And you say, that's not amazing. I've seen things that are amazing. And you, you can top that. Well, what he's saying is, there's, there's nothing that will atop, top this event. In fact, so much so, it will look at everything in the past as well as everything beyond this will be small in comparison to this time, this time of this great tribulation. Uh, he also says about this, uh, and this was meant to be a comfort, and, in those, and if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. And so this awful, awful event with much violence and much dying, uh, is going like this, and he says, it will be cut short. You'll be cut short, which gives us really, as we've looked at in the weeks prior, the seven weeks. It's not that it goes on forever. Um, and what he's saying in that is that if it would have been allowed to go on, it would end with everyone being dead. Uh, this is how great a tribulation this is. This is not something uh, that is small. It won't work itself out. In fact, it would work itself out in total destruction. But as God's plan, it's a seven-year period. And the idea that it's cutting, being cut short is for the sake of His elect. As you look at this term, the elect, uh, Jesus uses this over and over again as His chosen people. In this case, uh, the chosen people, not of the church, but of the Jewish people. And this idea that He is preserving them in this time and he does what he does so that they can be preserved you look at this and and he does it for their sake uh, meaning this that those who don't follow after uh, Jesus those who haven't uh, followed after the son of man they're reserved for judgment anyways and so that is coming and so for the sake of the elect there is this time period there's this cutting short Along with this cutting short and, and this idea that there is, it won't go on forever this way, he tells us another detail of what's going to be going on. And there was some of this going on prior, but in a more intense way, uh, even now. Verse 23, it says this, Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is. Uh, you can picture this morning, and this has happened to me. Uh, I'm not... 
I, I like to say that I, I don't concern myself with the details because that sounds better than being an airhead. That's, it sounds a lot better than that. But I, I, I don't always pick up on things. And there have been times at Bear Valley Church where we've had celebrities show up. Celebrities show up. And I'm not talking about like local celebrities like Mr. Henderson here, a biology teacher at the high school. He's a local celebrity. But like really famous people have showed up. And someone will come up to me afterwards and they'll say, hey, do you see that so-and-so over there? And I'm like, great. Who's that? And they'll have to explain to me what show they were on or what part. And I'll go, oh, cool. You know, I, I, I didn't know. Um, what what uh, Jesus is getting at is this. And it's interesting because he's speaking of his own return, right? He's not speaking of someone else. He's saying, some will say in, those, in that time of tribulation, they'll go, there's Jesus over there. And if you have to say there's Jesus over there, it means that they didn't notice. They didn't notice. Uh, if, they, if you have to point something out, it wasn't magnificent. And, and what Jesus is getting at in this whole passage as we look at it is everyone will know. Everyone will know. It will not be a subtle event. Jesus isn't coming in the dark of night undercover, right? He's not wearing a hoodie. Uh, he's not trying to... He, he's coming down Main Street, and everyone will know. And everyone will know. And so he's warning them. He says, you know, don't... If someone says to you, hey, he's, he's over there, or there he is, uh, don't believe them. Don't believe them. This will be a time known for deception and lies look here is the Christ and there he is do not believe it verse 24 for false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders uh, not just and remember we talked about this a few weeks ago this idea of false Christs uh, most of us would say well we've never met someone who thought he was Jesus We've never met somebody like that. They, you know, those people, maybe people joke about it. There's people who are out of their minds, and you, you know that, and they, they think that. But, but for the most part, we, we haven't met anybody like that. That just seems kind of odd. Wouldn't that be obvious? The idea of Christ goes to the Old Testament Messiah, the one that was going to come to save. And what I would tell you is this, that there are many, many who would say, I have the answer to your problems. I, I, I can fix you of what ails you. You have personal problems and sins that you struggle with. I am your answer. There are many like that. And so this time will be marked with many false Christ as well as false prophets, ones who say, I've got a message, a supernatural message. As he shares this with them, he says, you know, the, this is what will happen. And they will uh, arise and perform great signs and wonders. To me, what I hear there is this, that they will come with their bag of tricks to somehow win those over that would listen, uh, to somehow validate it, the, the signs and wonders. It's the idea of miracles. And I, what I would tell you about that, and it doesn't say in this passage... They could be one of two things. They could just be tricks, 
or they could be satanic deception. And I think it's probably going to be both. It's going to be those who come seeking to deceive as well as others that Satan is using to try to draw away. And of this group, it says this, that these signs and wonders would be so great and so winsome so as to lead astray and if possible, even the elect. And the idea being here is this, that even ones that are chosen by God, even those ones that are reserved for Him, that they'll be going, huh, man, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Maybe, maybe. I, I don't think they are drawn away. I think that if possible, it's that idea that it's so winsome, so amazing. This is what these days will be marked by. And so even as we look at it, we look down at verse 25. Jesus says this, See, I've told you beforehand. Why did he tell us beforehand? And not just at this time, but why is he talking about these things over and over again? Why are there warnings of future things in the Scripture? Why? Because he wants to prepare us for the days ahead. Especially um, things that could be scary could be scary they could be the sky is falling it's truly falling this time it's not just my imagination things are coming apart jesus shares this to prepare his and and this this is interesting who's he preparing it's not his disciples right it is this his disciples but it's really the disciples that would come after and to know and it's really specifically his people the jews as they, as they come after, as they look at this, that they might know that God has a plan and Jesus will return. We see these deceptions and lies with signs and wonders. He even uh, adds to this, as he says in verse 26, So if they say to you, Look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. If they say, Look, he is in the inner room, do not believe it. To summarize this, Jesus isn't going to be out in the wilderness. He's not going to be in someone's basement, okay? And so if they say, hey, go out to the wilderness, go into this basement of this one house in this one place, that's not where he's going to be. He's going to come down Main Street. He's going to come in such a way that all will know where he is. This will not be a sense of secret, uh, secret visit that Jesus comes in this time. So this is what is marked by the great tribulation. And as we look at this, we come to a second point here this morning, the true coming of the Lord. Verse 27. So you look at this. First thing he talks about is lightning. Lightning. Now, uh, fortunately, we live on the edge of the desert depending on where you live and how you like to look at it, the edge of the desert or in the desert, uh, depending what the weather's like that day. And from time to time, we have lightning storms. Uh, some of us love those. You know, it, it, it's like we go to the window, we go outside, we sit there and we go, it's like, it's like the 4th of July. Like you're sitting there and you go, Ooh, ah, oh, that was my favorite one. Like that, you, oh, and you, you, you love it. Others, others of you are kind of like the dog. Uh, you're hiding underneath the, the table and whimpering and you're fearful. And, uh, but the idea of lightning, uh, lightning is not, is not 
a, a, a little flashlight you gave your kids three, four years ago, right? Uh, it's not that one where they're, they're turning it on and just for a moment, you get a little bit of light and then it, the battery poops out and you get nothing. And you say, I think I saw something. I think I saw something. He says, no, no. The coming of the Lord, the, the return, His visit, it will light up the sky as far as the east is from the west. Like the, it'll cover the, the, the whole deal. What you want to see here is this. It's not a local event. It's not a local event. It's not something. Uh, it, it's interesting. Uh, when we watch, You know why they have news? It's not because we're bored with our own lives and we want to look at other people's disasters. It's kind of that. But uh, the reason they have news is because you can't see it all. You can't see it all. They put stuff on the news that you weren't a witness to that you couldn't see. It wasn't in your neighborhood. You weren't awake at the time. They, they enlighten you on what's going on. The idea of this lightning is this. Uh, let's read it uh, again. Verse 27. For as the lightning comes from the east to shine as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. This picture of His coming will be as the lightning that we look at and we go, wow, that was, it filled up the sky. As we look at this this morning, it, it, it's this idea that uh, you will know. You will know. Um, he, he adds to this lightning, uh, if you look down at verse 28. Uh, 28, it's interesting. Some have even suggested that this was a, a proverb of the day. Uh, whenever the corpse is there, the vultures will gather. Uh, kind of feels like it doesn't fit, but w- what some think is the idea that this was a proverb of the day and this is how it played out in this situation. Most of you have been in a place where there have been birds circling for a reason i've been around the dump before and and stuff like that and you see these birds going you can also see birds that are just in flight a bunch of them are heading out and you're going oh that's beautiful but then you see a group of birds that are kind of circling a a a dump or or an animal that has passed away and passed away give it a funeral no uh died uh and is there and there's vultures you can't see what's going on but you see the birds, and they tell you what's going on. Uh, it's kind of like the spotlight, if you will, of, hey, there's an event happening here. Jesus says this, and he doesn't connect or give us any information of who's the corpse and who are the vultures. But to me, it seems most logical that the vultures are, are the ones, these false Christs and these false prophets, who now think this is the time. They, they look at this tribulation and they say, oh, this is our time to gain power or to do what we want to do. And so there's this picture of their vultures circling. But all this to point, once again, you may not see all the details, but you know it's happening. You know it's happening. So he says lightning. He says vultures. Let's move on. Uh, he says in verse 29, um, probably uh, hard for us to grasp this part of the reason that he shares this immediately after the tribulation of those days the sun will be darkened 
The moon will not give its light, and the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Um, I, I titled this area just cosmic shaking, right? When you think about the, the sun, moon, stars, uh, what goes on in the heavens, and there's a distinction between uh, where we will be, where God's people will be with him in heaven, and the heavens being the idea that uh, it's where we fly. It's, it's, it's up there. It's, it's in the cos- cosmos. It's, it's the universe and that which we can see. And so what Jesus is saying is that in those, the sun, the moon, the stars, uh, the, the, they will be shaken. And that's hard for us to envision. In fact, in ancient times and even today in some places, the, the sun is a god. We worship the moon. We worship the stars. Why? Because they're the constant. They're the constant. They're the thing that we can uh, trust in. In fact, some of us uh, have this attitude. If you have a bad day, well, you say, well, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. It's going to come up tomorrow. We're going to get a new day. The sun will still be there. The moon will be there at night. The stars are going to come out. It's going to be fine. What Jesus is saying, at that time, the things that many trust in and say are the only thing that we can trust in, they will be shaken. They will be shaken. There will be a cosmic shaking going on. As we look at this, we go, boy, this is different. This is hard for us to imagine. It describes, um, it's connecting all these uh, moments in time and even days and kind of jumbling the chronology of it all, but putting these events side by side. In verse 30, it says, Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. As we look at that, we don't know what that sign is. It could be simply His coming. So in, in the heavens as we look to the sky it could be simply we see his coming others think that this might be another star you remember at his birth there was a star to mark maybe it's another star but what it is it's a sign that shows that he is coming as we look at this i I want you to know that that what jesus is trying to give us is this I am going to come. I'm going to visit. I'm going to be back again. And not just coming again uh, in the same way I came before, but coming again in a way to bring everything to conclusion. Um, As we consider this, Jesus says this. He says, there's going to be a sign. There's going to be a sign. Um, as we look at that sign, we don't know what it is, but he tells us just a little bit more. Uh, then there will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds with power and great glory. Let me handle power and great glory first, and then we'll go back and pick up the mourners. Uh, power and great glory. As you think about his coming uh, as a baby, as a baby, 
there was this sense that it was almost in secret, right? It wasn't, uh, there, there were events that surrounded it. There was a star, there were angels uh, visiting the shepherds. There was a direct direction uh, of the men traveling from the east and them coming. And, and you see all these events, but it was kind of one of these things that it wasn't like we could picture a king coming. We would say, ah, it just doesn't seem like the right way a king should come. In fact, his whole life was almost like that, wasn't it? That he never uh, had this sense where he took, uh, he took on the power, glorious position of king. Uh, in fact, I remember talking to a young man who, uh, a Muslim young man, and, and he says, I don't buy it because a king would never act that way. That was his logic. And I want to just tell you, uh, you may not have understood the way he was living or, or uh, coming in humility before, but this second coming, this coming where he's going to come and visit again, I want to tell you, uh, it, it's going to be different than even you could picture a king. That he's going to come with power. He's not going to come... Uh, no one's going to walk on him at that moment. No one's going to decide history for him. No one's going to uh, say things and not be held accountable. He is coming in power. And the idea, uh, I think it's interesting, he says, in great glory. As if glory in and of itself wasn't enough. It's great glory, meaning a peculiar, something greater than you can imagine. Uh, this is the, how the Lord will return is no longer the humble uh, child in a stable and a feeding trough. It's no longer an uh, obscure place in the world where no one has place for him. He will be coming in an unmistakable, glorious way. Now back to the mourners. Um, as this, this event, and remember this isn't a local event, this is a, uh, throughout the world, everyone will know, uh, it immediately sets off mourning of all the people. And I want to say this. I think that this is all the tribes of all the nations. I don't think it's just uh, those tribes. I think it's all the people. Why? Because of their rejection. It's the idea that they were wrong. Not in repentance wrong, but wrong. You know, there, there's this thing where people say, oh, things, time's just going to go on. This doesn't mean anything. This doesn't mean anything. You, you people who gather and study God's Word, you're fools because... This is just going to keep going on. People have tried this for a year. All religions are the same, right? You've heard that? Uh, when Jesus returns, there will be mourning. Why? Because they were wrong. They were wrong. They placed their bets, and they placed their bets on the wrong things. They'll be wrong. So there will be mourning. And Jesus uh, gives us now a picture. A picture. In verse uh, 32. 32. I'm sorry, I, I skipped over. I got excited. I got excited and I forgot the, one of the most exciting parts. The angels and the trumpet. Um, in verse 31. As you look at God's word, he's just placing... Uh, bits and pieces of what this is going to look like. And he says this in verse 
31, he says, And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, uh, from the end of the heavens to the other. And, and you get this picture that his angels with, a, with his trumpet sound will be gathering his people, be gathering his people to himself. What a picture, huh? This will not be just a, a single file line. This will be a, the angelic gathering of God's people uh, to bring him to himself. It, it, you, you realize that people are spread all over the world. Uh, and we get this picture that we're the center of the universe or even that Jerusalem or you get this thing. But th this idea is that, it's, uh, that all this, will, everyone will know, everyone will participate to some degree and the angels will gather to himself uh, those who are his own. The true coming of the Lord. Well, and then he gives us this picture. This is where I want to get to before. Verse 32. Uh, the fig tree, learn its lesson. He gives us uh, a parable, a short parable, if you will. And he's going to do this over and over again in the uh, chapter and a half, uh, next chapter and a half. He's going to give us other pictures. But he says, from the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts leaves, you know that the summer is near. Now, uh, fig trees, fig trees. No, no one really has fig trees here because figs aren't that great. Sorry. Some of you, that's offensive to you. I kind of like figs. You know, they're a little bit better than a fig newton, but like the figs. If there's something else, I'll usually take something else, but... I'll eat figs too. Anyways, uh, if you put enough sugar on anything, it's good, is what I would say. Um, so uh, he gets this picture, but they would have known. Uh, the, the disciples understood figs. It was one of the uh, fruits of their, their land. And so he takes the tree and he says, you know about fig trees, right? He says, uh, when they start to uh, get a little green, uh, they get the new growth. And, and what they can say is, you can set your clock by it, right? You can know what comes next. Some of you, uh, you know, you, you don't care about the times of year and everything, but uh, in Tehachapi, you know when it's, summer's coming, right? You see the wildflowers, right? You see them and you say, oh, it's a marker. It's a marker. We could still have snow, right? But summer's a-coming. Summer's a-coming. We know it's near. Jesus says, that's the same with the fig trees. Once you see that, you see summer is near. And then he says this. He connects it. Uh, so also, when you see all these things, you know that he is near at the very gates, the very gates. And you see this, this coming, this anticipation. He says, it's coming. He's coming. He's coming back. As we consider this, uh, he tells us one other thing, and it may be hard for us to understand. In verse 34, he says, Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until these things take place. You say, that generation, that doesn't make sense. That, that was the disciples. That, that seems like almost a natural reading. But, but what I think he's referring to here is this generation that this happens to, that these things are... And, and what he's saying is once that begins, once that begins, it will be within that generation that it will end. Uh, meaning, once again, those seven years. Uh, 
that they'll see the whole thing. If, you're, if they're alive and there at that time, they will be a participant and they will see it. It, it will have this short time uh, that will bring everything to an end. And then lastly, one more uh, comfort or warning by Jesus. He says this, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. You can trust in them. Jesus is, uh, is saying that I, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. These events will happen. They will happen. The danger for us this morning is that we would say, oh yeah, time will just go on. We'll just kind of live and die and we go to jobs and uh, kids go to college and things just go on. Cars break. We, uh, we remodel our house. We replace our windows. We eat food and things just keep going. It's nothing. Like Things just keep going on. That's a danger for us. A danger for us is to hear the word of the Lord saying, uh, not everything, it will end someday. It's important for us to hear that. And, and Jesus said, uh, heaven and earth are going to pass away. Uh, what you see down here, what you touch, what you walk on, this earth will pass away. The heavens, even the, the sun, moon, and stars, you, that will pass away. But Jesus says this, you can count on this. My words will not pass away. They can be trusted. Well, I, I want to give you three words in our close uh, this morning that might be helpful for us to think through this passage. The first one is scary. Scary. As you look at this, uh, there wasn't any graphic, like, uh, description of death, or there wasn't any graphic anything in this passage. But the idea that a universal, uh, the idea that the heavens are, are there's cosmic shaking, and this, this idea of, false Christ. Some of that seems scary. Seems scary. Um, I, I want to tell you this, scary. Uh, unless you know the one that is coming. Unless you know the one that is coming. Uh, we should be scared. Unless we know, have relationship with the one that is coming. Sometimes uh, there's some of us who get scared because of things in the dark. We get scared of Halloween. We get scared of politics and world events and sickness and disease. But Jesus said, I'm coming again. I'm coming again. And I want to tell you, that's a scary thing unless, of course, you have a relationship with him. Number two, perspective. Um, I shared with you last week, uh, live in light of this. Live in light of this. Sometimes we lack perspective. Some of us uh, get worried. We worry about big things in this world, most of which we can't control or even participate in, right? World events. We, we worry about big things. Others, we get uh, bothered and nervous and uh, anxious about small things, really, that don't matter at all. Uh, and, but this should give us perspective on all things. As we go about whatever we're going to do this afternoon, when we go to jury duty tomorrow, when we go to work and school, this should all give us perspective on how to deal with the temporary things of this life, knowing that Jesus is coming back. It should give us perspective. And then lastly, uh, the last word is invincible. Invincible. 
if Jesus has taken care of your soul eternally, then nothing else is a big deal. Nothing else. It's interesting. Um, if you've, uh, I know this is true for people who have been to war. Um, they, they've seen awful things and they've made it through. And so a lot of times they look at life and they, they don't get excited about anything. Why? Because they've seen that over there, wherever there was. And then they go, well, this is no big deal. This is no big deal. It's the idea of the greater to the lesser. I want to tell you that should be true for us as well. As we see the plan of God, as we see his eternal plan, and that he is taken care of in me, the, the, the greatest problem I have, what's that? My sin debt. He's taking care of the greatest problem that I have. If that is eternally secure, even in the midst of these wild days of tribulation that he describes, if that is secure, then he can handle everything else too. Everything else is no big deal. I want to tell you, I hope that's a comfort to you this week. I don't know what's going to go on for you this week. It may be big stuff in, the, in this world that we live in. It may be huge stuff. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know about politics. I don't know about Halloween, what's going to happen. I don't know. I don't know, but I know this, that if Jesus is taking care of the greater things, then nothing else is a big deal, that we can trust him. Hope that's encouraging to you as we've studied this today. It will continue in the weeks to come. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you for revealing a small portion of your plan. And God, we struggle to get a picture or head around what that is, but we know this, that you know what it is. And the details that you've granted us um, are for us to trust you, to prepare for, to we would be motivated by them. God, help us to think through this clearly, uh, as clearly as we can, and then live in light of it as we seek to serve you this week. Thank you for each one here. Bless us as we go, we pray in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for being here today. You are dismissed.